All right. Hello. Um, yeah, so this is the Art of Comedy podcast. Um, and I like to start out with just asking you, like, how you got started in comedy. I don't really know, like, when you got started, how you got into it, um, things like that. Your origin story, as I like to call it. Well, um, comedy for me began when I was probably about six years old. Uh, my father opened a car dealership and little girls aren't paid attention to in car dealerships unless they're really funny. Uh, so I put on my roller skates and learned to tell everybody jokes. Uh, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> um, I didn't actually get on stage and do comedy, though, until I was diagnosed with uh, TBI. Um, I got chronic migraines from a TBI. TBI means traumatic brain injury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I had a, a diagnosis of a TBI and, and a mouth on me and, and it seemed like anytime I just bitched about life in general, people were laughing. Yeah. People laugh at me when I'm bitching or ranting, but I'm actually mad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And You're laughing. pissed off right now. This is not funny, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, so I decided why not take it on stage? Yeah. Just rant on stage. When was that? When did you start? <coughs> uh, it's going to be five years in July. <coughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I just hit four. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, where did you do your first set? Oh, at a biker bar. <laughs> uh, it, they no longer have an open mic. Um, long story as to how that happened. But anyway, uh, I showed up at this biker bar that had an open mic at the time. And I was like the probably fifth or sixth person up to the mic. And I got up and I proceeded to insult every single person in the front row and everybody seemed to laugh. So I figured what the hell I'll keep at it. Did you feel like a transformation or anything once you came up and got off stage? Like, like for me, when I went up and got off, like I came off stage a different person, but my first set was at a, a club in Wichita and there was a lot of people there and it went really, really well. And I was like, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Yeah, I did feel that. But I had the feeling that that, that was what I had been looking for for a while. So mm -hmm. going in that, that that transformation was going to occur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so like, you know, the, the nonprofit is going to be to teach women and the queer community and troubled youth comedy classes um, to overcome trauma and to, you know, help with mental illness or what, you know, things like that. Um, so how do you think comedy has helped you just in your life in general? Um, you know, like outside of comedy, do you think if there's been benefits for you as a woman and a person? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love to travel and comedy has given me the chance to do that. Um, I, uh, I, I just enjoyed doing it in general. Yeah. Is it, cause with, is it helpful to have an outlet for your rage, I guess, or, you know, like, you know, to yeah. have an outlet for it, um, it, it, it's helpful to have an outlet for the rage and for the insanity. Yeah. That's what I talk about a lot is just mm -hmm. the insanity of life. The, the simple little things that are just insane. Uh, those are most of my jokes. Yeah. It, I think it really helps because, you know, the world is chaos. And so it helps just a little bit to kind of, put a little of that chaos in order, at least for five minutes or 10 minutes or however long you're doing your set, you know, the chaos is in some sort of order. Well, and there's a certain amount of respect that you get for getting up there and doing what you do. Yeah. Because it does take courage. And anybody who denies that is a fool. Yeah. Um, what doesn't take courage is shouting back from the chairs, from the audience, being yeah. a heckler. That does not take courage. Yeah, and I think that respect, when, you, when you're talking about um, people that have been through trauma or come out of abusive relationships or are working through their mental illness, I think that respect that you get helps, is part of why it helps like build your confidence. Um, also, like if you've been if you've been in an abusive relationship, you're not used to being treated with respect some, you know, most of the time. And so um, I think for me that all these people are respecting me um, and they're people I respect. You know, once you get to a certain point, you start being getting respect from people you respect. And so I think that that has led me to be like in my dating life, um, demand more respect, you know? Like I just, I demand more respect in every area of my life now before, like I won't let friends, cause I, I'm a healthy helper type person and that can really get taken advantage of a lot. Um, is that your child practicing a, what? was that your child practicing an instrument? Mm, no, that was a motorcycle oh, zooming okay. down the street. I live. I live on a busy intersection, so we're likely to hear all kinds of sirens. And I thought your kid played the trombone or something. I was like, you're not going to survive. No, she plays the cello. Oh, I just bought a cello, and I'm going to teach myself how to play it. I played it in seventh grade. I was very good at it. 
but I was already in band and it was just too much to practice in both. And I've, I've been in band for two years, so I kept it, but I ordered just like a cheap student cello off eBay. It should be here Saturday. Um, cool. And so I'm going to try to teach myself how to play cello. Um, yep. She's in private lessons. Plus she's in school orchestra. So, yeah. But like I was saying, I, the respect in comedy has, it's spilled over into my dating life and I'm demanding, you know, more respect, but I'm demanding more respect from, from friends. Um, I'm demanding more respect from people online. Basically anybody I interact with, I expect to respect me as a person now. And before I used to not, not necessarily feel I deserve disrespect, but not be bothered when I was disrespected. Oh, no, see, that's always been something that sticks in my craw. I've always demanded respect. And, you know, funny thing, uh, I, I, I spent 20 years with golden blonde hair down to my ass. Um, beautiful, wavy, golden blonde hair, okay? As soon as I started shaving my head, I get all kinds of respect now. Man, I shaved my head bald and... Um... Well, not bald, but pretty short. You saw it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it. I got to go buy some new clippers. And anyway. I have clippers. You can come over here. I'll do you. Yeah. So like, like it, uh, I like it because they're, they're, it makes me not as approachable. I feel like. Exactly. People see me and across the room. People and still like, come up to me all the time and say, I love your hair. Yeah, I don't, mine's not going to be special like yours. Yours has like a unique look. Mine's going to be not to get attention. So I, but it's like, it's like if they see me across the room, they, they just automatically make some assumptions about me that are true, that I want people to know because I think that because I'm, I'm kind of chubby and my face, you know, when I'm not just looking mean, I look, I look like I'm sweet and nice and cuddly and like I'm a hugger, you know, and <laughs> you are a hugger. You are. <laughs> no, not to people. I don't, you got to earn my fucking hugs, dude. I don't hug just everybody. So fair enough. Fair but enough. I just look like that kind of person though, you know, like a cuddly person and people talk to me a lot and like reveal things to me right away. Um, and so I think like with my head shaved, they're going to bare minimum, they'll think like Britney Spears gone crazy and they won't mess with me. But I really hope they think more like G.I. Jane, um, you know, uh, alien movie, you know, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> I hope they think of those things. I, I think it's because I, I hang out with mostly younger people. And they remember Britney Spears. They don't remember the rest of that shit. Oh, no. That's too bad. But either way, it'll keep them away from me. They'll either think I'm, I'm, they'll think I'm tough or I'm crazy or both. I don't care. And also, I find that when, I'm, when my head's shaved and I wear a dress, I feel more genuine. I don't know. I don't really wear a lot of dresses because I'm not like a feminine person. But sometimes I feel more feminine. But with my head shaved and wearing the dress, I felt like balanced. 
I do too. I feel like wearing pink is doable with my head shaved. I don't feel that way when my head isn't shaved. No, because then they're going to make, they're going to make these assumptions about me because that's what people do that I'm a feminine girly person or, you know what I mean? They're, yeah, it just says so much to have your head shaved as a woman. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. And, and it, it's all assumptions that are true about me. So it makes it nice to... I did learn... It's kind of wearing off now. Today I learned some contouring. I'm trying to hide my double chin with some... <laughs> Especially on this thing because, like, the sun comes in and, it, like, lights here. Then it lights <laughs> just this little thing right here. You know, and so I, yeah, I woke up one day and my face was an inch lower. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm losing weight. I was talking earlier. Like, I think that being fat has actually helped me look younger because it like fills in the skin, but I'm losing weight in the quarantine. So my, and it's, this is, this isn't going back, man. I'm going to look like my mom. Hers is collapsed in. So uh, like, uh, uh, and so I think like, you know, I'm, I've got more money now than I ever have. My projections say that I should be able to afford to pay someone to fix it by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go have someone fix this. This will not stand. It's always been there. Even when I'm skinny, I have this thing. Well, I have a thing too. It's just there. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah, there is. If you want to pay people. They don't have to cut you even. But uh, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get this taken care of, and then these. I'm gonna go get some Botox uh, for this up here, because I I can do nothing about it because I I wake up, and I I've been sleeping like this. You know what am I supposed to do? These creases are so huge when I wake up. I don't sleep very well. <laughs> I angry sleep. You ever angry sleep where you just wake up and your hands are clenched? You just like sleeping. No. You're just sleeping. Oh. No, I don't do that. I just I me. sweat sleep. Oh yeah. I wrap up in the blankets nice and tight and warm and I get all sweaty and hot and that's how I sleep the best. No, I like to I got I'm one of the one foot out people. I like it cold in the room, but then get under a bunch of blankets. No, I don't want it too cold in the room. I'll freeze then. Yeah, no, I, uh, I used to take Ambien, but I can't take that without a person with me. Like, uh, someone who, you like, make sure that you're not like sleepwalking and shit. Well, no, to make sure if there's a fire, I don't die because I won't, if I wake up on an ambient, if I wake up at all, I probably won't even wake up. I'll die of smoke inhalation because I won't wake up. Um, I'll be in like this weird, freaky, like trippy state, but I have some videos on my Instagram where I'm high on ambient and uh, I don't remember doing them. Like I'll shoot something and then post it in the next day. I'm like, what did ambient Helen do? And if it's funny, I'll leave it. But sometimes it's embarrassing and I delete it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, so you just have to go to sleep right away. The danger is taking it and then staying awake because then you, but you feel really good. And um, 
Yeah. And then I got my tonsils out like last year in January, like the first week of January. And they gave me that codeine cough syrup. Yep. That shit's the best. Oh man. I loved it. Um, plus I had Xanax plus I had my Ambien. So I had all this in my system and then I made them go get me white wine. Like my kid drove and my husband at the time bought it. And the next day, and I called my best friend and I talked to her for 30 minutes and, and then I had no recollection of it. I texted her like two days later and I was like, oh my God, I keep forgetting to tell you, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, you told me the other night when you called, we talked for 30 minutes. She told me all the drugs you were on and I told you that maybe you should go to the hospital. You don't remember any of that? And I was like, no, but I'm glad I called you and not my mother. You know? <laughs> that would have been bad. Yeah, I... Ambien does not sound like your friend. Oh, it is. The mixture of all those things, though, um, I was so fucked up. I was laying under a blue and white towel, and, you know, and the light was on the other side of it. And I was talking about my blue and white friends and they were telling me that I just need to go to Denver, man, that I don't need a plan. I just need to trust and the universe will provide. And it has. Look at that. I know. Aunt, Ambie and Helen was right with her blue, her blue little friends were correct. <laughs> Ambie and Helen once uh, tried to rope me into a every other week mic at a place I didn't even want to host a mic a monthly. Like, just not a good place for comedy. But she posted in the group and Ambie and Helen was like, yeah, we can do it every other week and blah, blah, blah. I'll host and then the next night was the mic at the comedy club in Wichita and I go and uh, the guy that runs the Wichita comedy website was like, Hey man, I can't believe you're going to do a every other, you know, a mic twice a month at, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. in the comedy group, you commented. I was like, huh? So I looked on there. I was like, Oh fuck. So I had to like message her and tell her like I was on Ambien. I mean, I did it. I would still do it monthly. I was like, I was on Ambien. I'll do it once a month. And then I moved away and gave it away. I think it's still going or it was, but um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, Ambien Helen, the worst thing she ever did to me was, was during this time when I was doing a lot of it. And I, decided I wanted to be divorced and move to Denver. Well, I needed to get divorced and move to Denver because I couldn't afford to live here with the both of us. I could only afford to take care of me and I needed to move here in my SUV. And it just, he was gonna be annoying and a suckage and was not gonna add any value to my life. So wasn't I gonna work? And the marriage was already going downhill and I couldn't stand him. So, you know, I tell him I want a divorce and, you know, it's, just, it's like two weeks of like emotion and stuff and things finally start settling down, but he's sleeping on the couch and it hurts his back and the couch sucks and I'm not sleeping on it, but I had a huge bed. I was like, just, you know, we had two more weeks till our roommate moved out and he'd have his own room. So I was like, just sleep in here. Fuck it. Or put some blanket. Like, I don't care. Just sleep in here. Whatever shuts you up, you know? And, uh, then I woke up <clears throat> the next morning and he was like, did you mean all the things you said last night? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you said that you love me and that you wanted to work it out and that, and we had sex. 
And I was like, I had to get to work. You know, I, I didn't have time to re-break up with him. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, maybe it'll work out. And in 20 years, this will be a funny story. You know, how I was going to divorce you and I didn't. Bambi and Helen saved our marriage. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. But and then it was good for a couple weeks and then it went back to the way it was. But Ambie and Helen, that was, it was annoying. She really, she, because Ambie and Helen loves, you know, she's, uh, she's super chill. She's just like, peace and love, man. Love everybody. I love you. I love everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is doesn't work for every situation <laughs> but yeah well uh, i i'm not a big ambient person uh the few times i took it uh it did help but i went right to sleep so i didn't really have a lot of issues well, if you take it every day it takes longer and longer to make you go to sleep you know what i mean because you build up a tolerance so I don't really need it every day, but like I need it at least once a week. I'm not sleeping well right now. I am not sleeping well at all. Nope. I just, I just, uh, like I'm grateful when the sleep finally comes. I'm like, oh, thank God I'm finally going to fall asleep. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh, like I was up till maybe six this morning. I don't know. It was getting light out. Damn. And then, um, I slept till maybe 10 or 11. I mean, I feel okay, but if it stays up too long, if I do that too long, but I just go through cycles where I like sleep a lot and then I never sleep and I sleep a lot and I never sleep. But I get like manic phases too where, um, yeah, you can tell when I'm manic because I'm like, I can't even fake it. I can't fake that kind of energy. <laughs> I, I wish I had manic phases. I don't. They can be good at first, like the first 24 hours maybe when you're productive, but then when you get, you start getting tired and your brain is not functioning right and you can't, you're talking so fast and then you can't talk because the words are stumbling over each other and your brain's going faster than your mouth can, can function and then it gets really frustrating and then you can get really grumpy and um yeah so that it can be bad when you're manic if someone sets you off because you're already just all this shit's going on you're just like Aah! um also when i'm manic i feel really good about myself so i tend i will i will um especially like in romantic relationships um kind of be mean to the dude and <laughs> Just, uh, you know, uh, and then if they do something to, they do something that I perceive as shitting on my joy. Like if I'm in a manic happy phase and they're depressed, it really fucking annoys me because I'm excited and I have energy and I want to go do stuff. And they're like, mm, and I'm like, you're ruining my life. But <laughs> it's fun. That sounds awesome. It's great. It's a good time. Well, now that I, now that I know, I know myself. You know, I know when it's happening, I know when, sure. and I don't live with somebody I'm dating. I know now to just avoid them, which sucks because that's not going to happen. Never mind. Because when you're manic, you also want to have a lot of sex. Not you, but I do anyway. 
But I want to have sex regardless. Then you don't sleep for 36 to 48 hours and you get real emotional. You know, there's like, <laughs> you're just so tired, you know, and it, it can be hell if it lasts too long. I, I once stayed up for, well, I, it was anxiety. I stayed up for like a week, basically did not sleep for a week and was barely eating because I'd throw up if I did and, and was barely even drinking water. And my brain was just fucking mush. And I took a bunch of sleeping pills and they, I had to say I tried to kill myself, but that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was just trying to sleep. And my brain wasn't thinking properly because it was, you know. Sure. Yeah, so, but it was a bad year. I try to think about the bad times. My mom's like, just think about the good times you had. And I'm like, no, that makes me sadder. I'm going to think about when life was worse. <laughs> but this isn't that bad. At least it's not 2005 again, you know? Yep. I mean, I have more money now than I've ever made before because of the extra 600. I got unemployment, but I didn't even file. I legit got fired from a job unjustly. So I, I filed for the reasons you file unemployment. I'd have been fired yeah. regardless, but, um, but then I get that extra 600 a week. What? I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I going to do with all this money? Um, I'm trying not to freak out. It's a good thing I'm not manic because I would spend it all on stupid shit. Well, you were talking about being in abusive relationships. Um, that's how I got the TBI. Oh, goodness. So that's like a TTBI. <laughs> that was I thought that was funny. <laughs> a traumatic traumatic brain injury yeah because there's a whole situation around it that's traumatic as well like I have a friend that has a TBI he got blown up uh, he was in the military and got blown up at a Humvee which is a traumatic experience but that's the traumatic of the brain injury kind of entails all that. Yeah. But I don't, he had like a portion of his brain removed and stuff though. Like, yeah, no, mine's not that bad. Yeah. Mine just causes chronic migraines. Sweet. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> Great. Gotta love that. How long ago was this? Uh, quite a while. Do you just get all pissed off at them all over again every time you get a migraine? No. That's good. That's no, because it's my body's response to what happened. It's yeah. not... It's not still happening. So, no, gonna... I'm not... Be like, you motherfucker. Every time I got a headache, I'd be like, I hate you. This hurts and it's your fault. <laughs> no, I, I've never actually thought about it that way. Oh, well, I'm a petty bitch, so I can hold on to a grudge. 
<laughs> but <laughs> that's funny that you've never thought about that. And that's the first thing I thought. Like, man, if someone made me have migraines all the time, like bad migraines, I mean, I get them occasionally, but. You know, for a long time, it was really bad. For a long time, I would have, you know, 20 to 25 migraine days a month. Jesus. And it's better now because they gave me uh, some uh, injections. Yeah. Uh, not Botox. Botox didn't work for me. They actually had to prescribe uh, injectable sumatriptan to me, which... Um, when I get a bad migraine, I can tell one's coming on. I give myself a shot, and that basically resets the nerves for about a week. Yeah, I used to, my ex-husband, we had to take him in, you know, the three years we were together, I took him in maybe three or four times for migraines because it just wouldn't go away. Uh-huh. You know, it had been like two, three days of just going, going, going. So we take him in, they give him a shot, and he'd be fine. But we didn't have health and he didn't have health insurance at the time. Some of the times to like get prescribed. And he didn't have them often enough. I don't know to, to get prescribed anything. But I had a friend that used to have chronic migraines all the time. And she tried all sorts of stuff and couldn't find anything that helps. And then she got divorced and was fine. <laughs> it was just her husband was giving her migraines, stressing her out. <laughs> that's funny there's this guy uh kind of random thought here there's this guy that i'm friends with I, online i don't know why we're friends i think he thinks he's a comedian probably anyway every day he posts something stupid like uh for instance uh the other day it was uh name your vagina after a tom hanks movie oh i'm friends with that guy too yeah yeah so I always write no <laughs> instead of doing something like answering it. I just write no. So the other day that guy wrote on his page four little words, or maybe it was five words. I want to get married. So I wrote name your vagina after a divorce attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't I don't remember his name but I don't remember seeing that post I think I unfollowed him <laughs> I unfollowed a lot of people or I snoozed him for 30 days I've been snoozing a lot of people that they're people that didn't used to be on Facebook a lot and now they are and so they're posting all this shit and these games and stuff that we've already done, you know, like, like, yeah, we did that three years ago. Welcome to the party. Facebook, most people on Facebook right now are just really boring. I, I hardly ever look at it because it's just boring, 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 maybe a good joke here or there. And then coronavirus, coronavirus, politics, politics, sad, sad, random, horrible. It's bad. It's horrible. It's not entertaining at all right now. Um, Brandy Bryant, she's putting out some good content. 
I like her post, her jokes on Facebook. She's funny. She's got some really wonderful twists her in her humor. I mean, her jokes are never really serious. Her, her Facebook posts are never serious. They're always a joke. So I like her posts. But I'm in jail right now because I posted on PJ's. PJ said a thing about how he wants, he can't wait for the word ho to be gender neutral. I was like, it is. Um, I mean, I know what he was saying, but I was like, in my circles, it is anyway. And I was like, in most, I said, most men are hoes. And they put me in Facebook jail for hate speech. Nobody was even mad about it. It was, a, we were just, I wasn't, I've been put in jail because I go off on somebody and they report me and it's terrible. And that's fine. But I've been put in jail for the hose thing and for saying that white people are garbage really yep that's funny i've never been put in facebook jail i got a warning once because um i suggested that people send dick pics to certain certain individual mm. um and they found out about it like eight months later and sent me a warning about that because you're bullying uh no it wasn't bullying it was something else something about lewd behavior um, or whatever <laughs> lewd and insidious behavior yeah so anyway but i know i didn't get actually put in jail because the the there was like eight months difference between when i posted the comment yeah and, and when they noticed it so i don't know maybe somebody complained about it at that point i have no idea I don't know. I, I I can't be getting. I have to. I have to start being careful because I can't be put in jail because I have stuff I need to do for my comedy and my nonprofit and fifty two eighty and I can't do shit. I can't post on anything. That sucks. Yeah. So I have to like fucking. You have to shape up, lady. I'm just going to stay off there unless I'm promoting something. <laughs> I'm, I used to be on there a lot so that when somebody posted they needed somebody on a show, I could be like, I am there, I got it. Um, this is going to sound like cocky, but I guess everybody gets to the stage in comedy, right? Where you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not, not that I'm not eager to get on shows, but I'm not, I don't know, desperate not desperate anymore so when I was desperate for stage time I would I was like I gotta watch Facebook because people post on there and I used to follow the groups and I was just like Arr! but now I'm like whatever <laughs> yeah I hear you I don't I'm not I can't go do a last minute show I gotta be prepared <laughs> mentally I don't mind doing an occasional last minute show, especially if it's for a friend. It doesn't bother me that much. But it's, it's easier now that my kid's 12. Yeah. I mean, for the last several years, I've been dealing with a child who needs a babysitter. So, you know, that last minute shit doesn't always work when you need to come up with another person to watch your kid. Yeah. I know this really funny girl named Sophia that she's in Kansas, but she's a single mom and her kids 
they were three and one. Now I think they're four and two or five and three. I don't remember. I think they're both in school. Anyway, she was so funny. But she's like 23 at the time. And um, I was like, oh, man, that sucks because you're super funny. But you're going to have to wait about a decade before you can really hit comedy unless you happen to marry a really supportive partner. <laughs> yeah. Because... That's just impossible unless you make a lot of money and can pay for babysitters or even then you don't want to just leave your to hit comedy hard like five nights a week. You can't do that when you got a little kid. Not unless you want no. to neglect you, them. You don't have a choice. You you can't. Mm -mm. Even if you had someone else to watch them and had a husband at home or somebody, a partner to watch them, you wouldn't want to be gone five nights a week when they're in school. Well, you can't. You're you're missing so much if you're gone that much. Yeah. I mean, they grow every single damn day. Yeah. My dad, he traveled most of my life. He was hardly ever home. I know he came, one time he came home and I was walk, I wasn't walking when he left. I was walking when he came home, but I didn't remember him. Um, Cause he'd been gone like two months. And so it was like 10 months to, you know, so I didn't recognize him and, I ran away crying when he got, he walked through the front door and he, he was upset. He cried about it. Like, not like sobbed, but you know, he dropped his eyes welled up. He was upset that his baby girl did it, was scared of him. So he just tried real hard to never stay away that long. So that's sweet. Yeah. Just depending on how far he was traveling to work. He, he was a roofer. So it would follow the storms. Oh, sure. That makes sense. And if the storm was bad enough and they were going to get a year's worth of work or so, we would move there. And oh. So I moved a lot, like every year, to a whole new city, different states, like Wichita to Phoenix to Denver for first grade, then Lubbock, then Garland, then Tyler, then outside Tyler, then back to Tyler, then to Wichita. God and, damn, you have lived in some hick-ass places. Yeah. That was just from like the ages of 5 to 13. That's how many times we moved. Holy shit. Yeah. But I think it's been, you know, beneficial to me because I can walk into situations where I don't know anybody without it being a problem because I'm used to it you know and that's kind of how I feel about my dad having a car dealership it prepared me for dealing with strangers all the time I mean he I think I was probably 14 years old the first time he stuck me in line at the Minneapolis auto auction I mean I'm surrounded by men who are three or four times my age and I'm bidding on cars and buying cars right in front of them for my dad. Yeah. And people would come up to me and say, you own a dealership? And I'd be like, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, so I mean, yeah, it probably helps with comedy too, because then you're used to just being in a, in a male-dominated world. 
well that's just it it was always man stuff it was always gears and tires and you know pistons and bullshit and uh yeah i i i I was submerged in testosterone routinely have you ever been talking about cars and then get mansplained cars because they think you don't know about cars because you're a woman oh yes yeah yes and then i i say to him i suppose next you're going to tell me i need to change my muffler uh my my uh ugh, good god never mind punchline blown yeah yeah i do that i like lose it like i like what was i saying where was i gonna go with that damn it but i uh i mean i always just had my best friend was my cousin michael was like my first best friend and i had brothers and uh no sisters and i didn't really have any cousins that were females that i was close with and um so I just always hung out with boys when I was little. And then when I was in school, I just, I don't know. I just always had like one, like in school, I always have like one female best friend, but then the rest, I just, the rest of my friends were boys. And, um, all the way up through high school, I, I used to get to go on the guys nights and then their girlfriends, you know, who weren't my friends would get mad. Like, why is Helen going there? Like, well, she's, you know, she don't count, you know? And, um, but now it makes sense to me that now that there's new terms for different things like gender fluid and stuff like that. So it makes sense to me now why I was able to get along with boys so easily, at least as friends. But now as a, as a grown woman, I have more friends that are females. In fact, I, I don't really have a whole lot of male friends that I talk to on a regular basis or. I have a handful, but that's it. I have comedy friends that are dudes, but like friend friends, like people I know I'm going to know in 10 years. No, no, I have friend friends that are guys. I'm trying to think of one. I feel like I have one. I have probably no, I, I have two. Three or four. I have three. I have three. They live here. I met them at the Secular Hub. They're, uh, one is Chris. Chris and Melissa are married now. Chris and Melissa were two of my best friends here, but not. they didn't really know each other. And then I hooked them up, and now they're married. And then, Aww, that's sweet. And my friend Ruth kind of helped because I wasn't living here and I hooked them up while I was visiting and then um Ruth kind of took over and made Chris ask her out because he was trying to be a pussy and then um Ruth's boyfriend Jay I guess he's my friend he's more of my friend because he's with Ruth though I don't know if they split up if I'd still be friends with him probably not so he's my friend's boyfriend really and then Chauncey friends with Chauncey so I think that's it. Just the three dudes here in Wichita. I don't think I, I mean, I have some friends in Wichita that I talk to occasionally that are dudes, but no, no, nobody I call when I'm in trouble or that calls me when they're in trouble, you know, <laughs> shit like that. 
but I don't know. I, I'm try, I try not to just hate men. I'm starting to just hate the whole fucking gender. No, I, I hear that. I go through those stages sometimes. I'm pretty lucky though. I'm I'm dating a really sweet guy. I mean, he is. Is it still the very same? Very kind. What? Is it the guy I met briefly at the Red Room or whatever that show? The last show I did of yours. Um, probably is he a medium build black guy? Yeah. Yep, that's him. Yeah, you brought him, but I had to go. Oh, it was the Christmas party. That's right. Christmas party and then it got crazy and then I got way too high and never really got to talk to him yeah <laughs> yeah that's him he's very kind I I have a very big heart for him you know it's amazing you know they talk about nice guys finishing last but you know I think it right now it's like I just want someone to be nice to me, you know? I just want someone to be kind to me. That's all. I can forgive a lot of things if you're super nice for super nice to me about you, like personality flaws. Not nice, but kind. Um, like the difference between nice and kind. Being nice to someone, you can be nice to somebody and not mean it. You know what I mean? Like because you're just being pleasantries. But to be truly to to be a kind person is is it's just your na second nature. It's just how you are. Well, let's put it this way: I had to get a shot in my spine yesterday. I had to go to an ambulatory surgery center to make this happen. They had to give me an IV and basically put me into a twilight sleep. Oof. All this shit. So, of course, I wasn't able to drive. So I called him and said, will you drive me to this? So he took off half the day from work, came down from Fort Collins, spent the night here, took me in the morning to the surgery center. They insisted that he had to wait in the parking lot for like yeah. two and a half hours. It was quite some time that he had to wait until they wheeled me out. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, how how sweet is that? That he would care enough to, you know... Yeah. I mean, he took off from work to do yeah. that. Yeah. That's, he didn't have to do that. That's some partnership right there. Now I'm thinking, like, if I had, who would drive me? I don't know anybody that would take off work to do it. Sarah would drive me. <laughs> Sarah Hake. She'd drive me. There you go. I don't know anybody else. I don't know anybody else in this town that could that could do it or would do it. Sarah's definitely a sweetheart. Yeah. I think she'd probably even take off work to do it. Really. 
she'd probably offer. I'd probably be like, I don't know who's going to drive me. She's like, I can drive you. I'll take off work. It'll be fine. She's a kind person. Yeah. Yes, she is. So, which is really funny. I'm a kind person. And then I get this rep of being a bitch. And I'm like, I'm not a bitch if you're not an asshole. Who calls you a bitch? Oh, man. That's how I got the Fat Lonely Bitch podcast. Because a guy online called me a bitch. Um, you know, I just, uh, I just speak my mind, you know, and a lot of men don't like to hear the truth, so I'm a bitch. Well, I think that's bullshit. I've taken it, I take it as a compliment now because I know that the qualities that they are, the qualities that they're seeing that they call me a bitch for are qualities that I love about myself. So when they call me a bitch, I'm like, ha yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you're right. If, if by bitch you mean that I'm not going to take your shit and let you treat me bad, yeah, I guess I'm a bitch then. You know what I mean? So I've never, yeah, I, I mean, not that I can't, I've, I've rarely ever been called a bitch and deserved it. You know, like, <laughs> Like I wasn't, like I've been instigated into being, you know, being angry about something. But like, I mean, there's been times like with romantic partners that I've just in a bad mood and I've been a bitch. Um, of course, they didn't call me a bitch, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. You know, I just, because I just tell men what I think and I don't sugarcoat shit. So men, men call me a bitch. Women never, I've never been called a bitch by a, a, a woman. Oh, I don't sugarcoat shit, but I do like to treat men in the same regard that they treat me. Yeah. For instance, if they call me miss, I'll call them mister. And that seems to annoy them. Uh, if they call me hun, I call them sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm saying it's like it's instigated. Like, I don't just, you know what I mean? Like, they say some stupid, ignorant, sexist bullshit. I say something stupid, ignorant, and sexist right back to them. Yeah, I just, that's, that's what I do. I like to feminize them and be like, don't get your panties in a bunch, you know, or, uh, calm down, buddy. They really hate that. Are you okay? <laughs> you get a little upset. You might want to calm down, man. You're being real emotional right now. You're being a little emotional at the moment. <laughs> but I don't just seek out to do that to people. I do occasionally like to get the young male comedians to wrestle it's pretty easy but it's fun you just say hey i bet that jeff could beat brian's ass and be like oh no and then there's a bait on who can win and then they wrestle they don't like fight but you know they try to grapple each with each other <laughs> it's fun <laughs> it's so easy all you have to do is just be like, 
And they're like, I can beat you, no, I can beat you. And then the other dudes weigh in. Oh, I got, I got 20 on Brian, you know, and it's never backfired. I've been, someone was like, aren't you afraid they might actually get into a real fight? And I'm like, first of all, that's their stupid fault. Second of all, it's never, it's never backfired that far. They're, they're usually friends, you know, and they get them fighting wrestling, whatever, just some playful wrestling outside the mic. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> one did almost push the other one into traffic once. That could have been bad. That could have been pretty bad. Yeah. I could see that not turning out the best. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily I was paying attention and I yelled at them and they stopped. I used my mom voice. Hey, you kids, stop it. You know, I'm just like, my mom was. But I think we can wrap it up. I got to pee. <laughs> That's how I end a lot of my podcasts. I got to go potty. So I think I might just put this one on Fat Lonely Bitch. Yeah. I think I might just put it on that lonely bitch. Okay. Whatever you like. Yeah. I'm here to please. Aww. I got to get clippers and learn how to clip my own hair because I have to do it for myself. You know what I mean? I'm going to buy a bus and live in it. And I have three sets of clippers. Yeah, I'm going to buy a bus and live in it. And I need some battery-operated ones. And I... I I need to be able to do it myself. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to do it all the same length. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, Joe Kimball said she, she, she's growing hers out because she, to keep it the length she wants, she had to do it like once a week. And I was like, I don't know about that. I guess this is, yeah, maybe once every two weeks. My hair grows super fast. So yeah. And the shorter it is, the faster it seems to grow. But it's super nice when it's short because I don't have to I don't have to worry about washing it. And when I'm living in the bus, you know, anything I can do to save water. Yeah. Um plus plus all those other reasons I discussed earlier. I really like it. I'm sure I'll get tired of it and my hair never looks the same for very long. Like I can't even keep a headshot because it doesn't like I I can't update my headshots every time I change my hair because my hair changes so much. Besides, I got like the perfect headshot and I never want to need another one ever again. That's how I feel about mine. I love my headshot. Yeah. The one where I'm laying on the table and I got like my feet up. Man. Yep. And for some reason that fucking, that, that picture, I put it on my online profile and I don't see, I don't understand what is sexual about it but it really seems to be i got a lot of attention for it i don't know if it's because it's a confident picture is it like a pinup do, do they sit like that in pinups i don't know like i wouldn't know feet kicked up or something i'm in well, a fucking suit jacket for christ's sake you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think it's the confidence yeah 
and my face looks really good in it and I'm looking up and I'm smiling, but if you look at my hands, I'm clenching them very tightly. <laughs> so it's, for me, it's like a really good, just visual representation of me all the time. I'm like, eh, looking up at the light, but my hands down here are just like, oh my God. So it's my favorite. I, I look good in it. It's a great shot. It's shot in my favorite bar in Lincoln, Nebraska by one of my favorite people. Hey, he's my friend. All right, James Dean. He's my friend. There you go. It's two. <laughs> but all right, I'm going to pee and you have a great day. You too. Talk good to talking to you. Um, bye.